Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. Let's go, Kansas State. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gudikin sucks. Jordan Edison ran a 5-3-40, and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. This is Ryan Horvath from BetMGM Tonight. Check out my new show, BetQL Tailgate Kickoff, on the BetQL Network every single Saturday this college football season from 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern as we get you set for kickoff each and every Saturday morning to hopefully help you become better prepared for your college football wagering. I will also chat with guests from all across the country, hit on the day's biggest storylines and angles. So join me every Saturday morning, 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. Eastern, for the BetQL Tailgate Kickoff here on the BetQL Network with me, Ryan Horvath. for all the TVs. But, yeah, it's just, I don't really... You walk I, around and it's just an empty room and you're like, well, why is it empty? He's like, don't know what this room's good for. Don't know what it's for. Don't know why, why I, I would need it. I can't walk into a room and do like and just like have an idea and be like, I can see this going here. And then, It's an art. Like, people that can do it, it's an art. It's just it's just not for me. I couldn't do it either. I did yeah. it for like two months when I first lived here uh, by myself. For It was it was awful. There oh, was like, yeah. I had like the air mattress. I had the TV. Air mattress? Oh, you yeah, an air awful. mattress too? Well, you were... Yeah, for like the first month. Were you because, in an Airbnb? Well, well, I was for like, okay, so the, for the first... Uh, about like five months, I lived in D.C. in somebody's basement, and it was furnished. So that was great. I had a bed, a TV, yeah. a couch. That was perfect. But then when we moved to Bethesda, and you know, I didn't have anything in the apartment, and it was going to take Amanda a month to get here, I did like the uh, air mattress, just the TV. I didn't even have a couch. It was terrible. I was never home. I ate out every single night. It was like bar food. Gained like 40 pounds. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I, it's, it seems like it's uh, the glorious way to live, but it's not. I couldn't do it myself. Agreed. Couldn't totally agree. All right, what's everybody on tonight? We got an NBA game starting in a little bit, too. So, I, uh, I did a couple of parlays in the NBA. There's only a few games that I think are any good. Uh, so we've got, obviously, the Knicks versus the Cavs. That's like the biggie game. Mm-hmm. So I've got a same-game parlay in there that I added with Ryan will like this. Oh, this is the DC one. Oh, my goodness gracious. Ryan, give out your full bets so that I can switch to the Virginia one because I went to Virginia to place the bets, and now I can't find them, and they're not screenshotted in. Just go help me out, please. I bet the uh, under in Knicks Cavs at 215, and I'm glad to see it's down to 213 and a half. There I think this go. is going to be a lower scoring yes. game. I actually, there's a couple props I was looking at. I was looking at Evan Mobley, points, rebounds, and assists, and I was thinking about going on the under on that one. Obviously, coming off a big game, I just think Tibbs will be able to shut him down a little bit in the paint. I don't know how many uh, minutes he's going to play in this one, but I do like the full game under. I still like it at 213 and a half. It is minus 115 to the over. Um, and then that's the only game we got going on. We got Spurs Suns a little bit later on. I have nothing in that one. And nothing? I do um, have the magic, though. I took Orlando plus six and a half against the Clippers. Uh, Clippers, obviously, we're going to talk about that, making some big moves. Uh, that's what I wanted to see. James Harden going to L.A. But I think this is the perfect time to fade him. And I was talking about this coming in. You know, I think Orlando might be that team that gets up for these big games like this. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. on the road, I know. But uh, anything over three possessions, I like. So still at six and a half. It did open at seven, but I still like the six and a half at minus one fifteen. So I'll go with Orlando. Probably going to be betting on them a lot this season. They're gonna. I think they're going to win the division. We talked about this last mm-hmm. year when yeah. it was a hundred to one. I parlayed them to win the division and the Kings to win the division Ooh. together. That's seventy to one. So that I'm going to be riding that out. Actually, seventy one to one. Ten dollars. Don't forget that home. extra one. Yeah. <laughs> $10 brings home 720 So this is what I got. So this is the Donovan Mitchell revenge mm-hmm. spot, right? Scott Perry goes on that on that interview podcast, and he says why they didn't trade for him for the Knicks. They were like, he's not the guy. He's not a game-changing guard. I forget exactly the, the uh, quote specifically in terms of, like, he's not – uh, an altering franchise yeah. uh, changer. So Donovan Mitchell to get 30 points or more, he's hit that two of the last four times that he's played uh, against the Knicks mm-hmm. since he's been a Cleveland Cavalier. One of the games he went over 40. So Donovan Mitchell to get 30. Uh, in those games, actually the last six games, Donovan Mitchell has had 
over five threes or more. So he had one, two games, actually, he had eight threes. So I need Donovan Mitchell just to have three and a half, over three and a half threes. So four threes for him. He has a hamstring issue, so I'm a little bit worried. I was, that's the only reason why I shied away from him was that. But then it's like, it's like the Amon Ross St. Brand thing. I know, I know. I, I felt like the reason that he missed last game was just to get up for this game. That was kind of what I was imagining in my mind. Is Probably he's, not wrong. He's salty. The Knicks yeah. were slandering him. This is the team he wants to go to. So he's going to go off, I think. Jalen Brunson is averaging five assists per game so far this year. I think he goes over that number, five plus. And then R.J. Barrett is having a sneaky, sneaky good season, averaging 17.5 points per game right now. He's one of the best transition uh, guys in the league so far this year. So him to get 15 and then... I took this one from Ryan. Just one uh, one of the uh, props from another game, over three and a half turnovers for Victor Wembanyama. Yes, I've been yep. playing those. He's I like had those. Yep. four, four, five. So I like that. That's all together plus 740. And then one little quick one in the uh, in the Spurs game. Wembanyama, one block. Eric Gordon, over 15 and a half. Uh, Keldon Johnson, five rebounds. And Devin Vassell, the guy that we all love, know mm-hmm. and love, 20-plus, uh, which is a big one, uh, is plus 625. That's a good one. Yeah, the Wemby turnovers, yeah, I, like I went ahead and just jumped in on that again, too. But that's on its own. I do think I have that in one of my same-game parlays. I did throw one of those out there together. But Wemby's just – there's a high usage rate with him, and then at the same time, it's like it's a rookie. We're seeing this – saw it with Scoot Henderson, too. Like, they're going to turn the ball over a lot mm-hmm. anyway. So that's something to jump in on. Uh, Franz Wagner, over 25.5 PRA. He's gone over this in two or three. The only I one he missed that. was he had 25. So, like, he's been close the entire time in this – whoa, wait a second. What is this? Max Scherzer and Adolis Garcia taken off the Rangers roster? Breaking news Adolis right says, now. Uh, an oblique. He was uh, oh, yes, he man. Was out of the lineup uh, going into tonight. Wow. What so. did that? All right, hold on. We'll pause. These bets don't matter. Mitchell Robinson over on rebounds. He's got 28 rebounds in the last two games. Blah, blah, blah. We got that. Wow. Uh, and then the Wemby turnovers. I got a parlay. Who cares? I need what? Where Where are we now in terms of this game and now the rest of the series? He's been replaced by Ezekiel Duran uh, per Alden Gonzalez. That's Adolis Garcia. And Brock Burke is replacing uh, Scherzer. So the Diamondbacks are now minus 115 on the money line. Rangers minus wow. 105. Uh, run line it is, uh, yeah, Nine Diamondbacks and minus one. Yeah, my, Diamondbacks total, minus sorry. 185 on, yeah, the run line. And then totals at uh, nine and a half. What's the series? I mean, that's. They so, I mean, they'll go up 3-1. Right, right. I mean, this is, I mean, this is a huge edge. God, I wish I had the Diamondbacks earlier today. You yeah, like Arizona? Yeah, I like Arizona. Yeah, now I do like Arizona. I mean, Scherzer wasn't going to pitch anyway, so this is more of like if we're talking a game seven at this right. point. I was but gonna Adolis, say, you're going to see him the rest no, of the series. No, Adolis Garcia but is Garcia what really is the matters. Main, the main issue there. He's been so clutch. It doesn't mean the what Rangers don't have more. Yeah, I, the top six teams are about to be released, oh. revealed in college football, <laughs> and Bama's number eight. And I got some. I played some Bama futures, fourteen to one. I just I have this theory that they're going to sneak in there. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I uh, don't have a really good feeling on the World Series, to be honest mm-hmm. with you. I mean, I played a little bit of Arizona just because I feel like right now they're the team of destiny. The Scherzer thing doesn't really do anything. No, um, obviously, like you know. Um, I don't know. They, I mean, they still have a bunch of power in that lineup. I mean, if they lost a guy like Seager, if they lost a guy, you know, maybe like Young, I'd be a little bit more worried. But you're not concerned with Adolis Garcia being No, out? I mean, I am. I am. But I mean, I know they still have other bats there. But this is at least one fewer that's out there that gives the that gives Arizona something. Yeah. Listen, if we're gonna believe that they're a team of destiny. You have to believe that this is a sign that they're still a team of destiny. Yeah, I mean, I had Orioles futures. I had Phillies futures. I don't have, like, anything left. And and every time that I go to my bet slips, I just see this, like, um, Juan Soto NL MVP future (laughs) waiting for me still. And uh, That's what I have for Marcus Stroman. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I got got Marcus Stroman, Cy Young, like, you know, sitting in some of my accounts. And it's just like, I just kind of want this season to end just so I could get my money. (laughs) I want to see Arizona win it for their fans, to be honest. I mean, but it's also like the Rangers are a good story, too. Right. I guess that's... But the Rangers spent a lot of money. I just, See, the difference is the did. Rangers were a big money team, and the, the Diamondbacks are a young team. Yeah. I just... I have had really bad luck betting baseball in the postseason. I took Josh Young last night over one and a half total bags. He strikes out three times. I actually he, did he that with... I did that with Corbin Carroll tonight, so yeah. I I hope I'm not in the same boat. So, I'm just like, yeah. I'm just... I'm just out. I've just been not betting baseball. I've just right. been enjoying like a fan, especially with the NBA here and finding some mm-hmm. some luck in those little same game parlays. I just don't want to lose any more money. The last bet that I made was on Phillies.
Phil, uh, no, it was Astros on the money line, mm-hmm. and it was minus one thirty. I think I put like five units on it. Oh and yeah, I lo- yeah, That yeah. was the that was that Monday night. That, I remember that night. That was the yeah. We both were on Astros yeah, that mm-hmm. night, but I didn't put five units on. I promise you yeah. that baseball is sprinkles for me. Yeah, yeah. It was dumb. I sprinkle it was on very, that. It was a chase. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Let me get some of this money back. I've been so ice cold in the yeah. NFL, chasing the MLB in MLB, yeah. and it did not work. Yeah, I have no baseball money right now because I'm not gonna lie. I'm doing like weird things, like taking Dante Divincenzo over two and a half rebounds for like minus one sixty five juice in some <laughs> accounts, just to try to build some bankroll. I like I'm that. I'm looking for like some small numbers with with real players. Uh, Mitchell Robinson over nine and a half boards yeah. is minus one ten to the over, minus one twenty to the under. We're going over on Mitchell Robinson double digit boards tonight. Yes, get in it. All right, I'll play that. Yep, that's what I, I did. Nine and a half. I mean, I don't. I don't suggest like anybody joins me, but Dante Divincenzo over two and a half boards is minus one thirty. Guy's a glue guy. Guy's an effort guy. He is. These are the little c- kinds of things that I like. Um, that usually sometimes cash by like the thirty. Cool. I did also in a a small parlay. Had four rebounds against. That's the what Falcons. I mean. Like, yeah. I don't. I don't. Three against the Celtics. I don't want to ruin it though. It's been like kind of a nice little thing. Yeah, it's like under the radar. Maybe shouldn't have given it like, out. No, I mean like yeah. the, like the Wemby turnovers. Um, yep. Well, that's jump. That's one and a half to two and a half to three and a half. So like it's they're they're paying attention to what's going on anyway. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he Wemby's, still's gone over it every time. Yeah, he has. Wemby has just been trying to deliver the ball to his teammates in spots yeah. that's really smart, but they don't know where to be. It's actually like kind of a a sad phenomenon that I think eventually will clean itself up when they know each other more. It's just a chemistry thing, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. I still really love watching him play. I was trying to, like, watch, I, I was, like, sat Nathan down, and I was like, buddy, so daddy had uh, Michael Jordan <laughs> and LeBron. This is going to be your LeBron, MJ. And my wife's like, Amanda sat there, and she's like, he's eight years older than Nate. How crazy is that? Wemby's only eight years older than my son. Wow. Right? Or nine true? years older than my Not- son. Yeah. Because... Oh, wait, how old is my... No, 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 never mind. How old is your son? Ten. Okay. So how old is Wemby? He's still 18, right? 18. Let me see. I, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, international players don't have to be 19. It's just... Or maybe he just turned 19, but he, he probably was 18. 19. So, yeah, 19. 19. So, so he's yeah. nine still, years older. Yeah, yeah. nine years older than my son. January. It's crazy. That is wild. I don't want to... He was I don't, born when we graduated high school. I don't want to think about that, guys. We don't. Wow. We don't. We well, don't talk old. about like, such we're things. We're watching. We're no. watching our favorite players' kids Sons. now. Yeah, yeah, that's how old we are. I do got to give a best bet. So right. while I played Bama fourteen to one to win the national title, my hedge is if Bama's going to get clipped the rest of the way, it's going to come this weekend against LSU, and I can't see Bama keeping up with LSU. We know LSU doesn't play any defense. They're outside the top one twenty in every category. But I don't know like if Bama's going to be able to take advantage. Are they going to be able to hit him with explosive runs with who? Milrow? They don't really have a strong run game. Um, you know, he can hit the deep ball, though, so I do think Bama will score some points. But I like LSU in this game, so I'm grabbing the plus three. Game of the year, it was eight. So, like, the best of the numbers gone. There was a three and a half last night. I, I do like that. LSU. And then I like Bama 14 to 1, just really small to win the national title. You're never going to get that price oh, ever. Again. There yes. you go. Ohio Suck. State is 1, Georgia's 2, Michigan is 3, Florida State is 4, with Washington and Oregon at 5 and 6 yeah, we are. for the first college football playoff rankings of the season. I need Washington and Oregon to remain unbeaten the rest of the way and then meet in the championship. Mr. Hemgill, yeah. because of breaking news, oh. will try to join us later. Okay. Unlikely. Harder stuff. I'm certain. Uh, yes, we'll get into that. We will hopefully get Bob Nightingale if we can. Look at that. Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan. Love it. It's BetMGM tonight. Riverboat Ron is his nickname. Oh. Ron Rivera. And Correct. he decides to not go for two to win the game against the Eagles and what would have been a huge signature win for a commander's team that feels like they're just on the cusp of, uh, you know, being a solid team. Why do you think he chose to not go for it? Well, that's a good question. I was at commander's park yesterday and I did the post game show for the commanders doing little fill in work for them. And this is a big point of debate. And Mm -hmm. Ron said in the post-game press conference that his guys were tired, like they were exhausted, so he just wanted to kick the extra point, go to overtime. Well, the the counter-argument to that is, well, if you're so tired, do you really want to go to an extra session on the road in Philly against a team that we all know is more talented than Washington? Because I feel like when you go four full quarters toe-to-toe with someone who is better than you – and then you go a little bit longer, eventually 
you just get worn down and the advantage goes to the team that is simply better. And that is the Philadelphia Eagles. No question about that. There's a reason why they were laying eight and a half points yesterday. I think I, I think I would have gone for two in that situation. And I understand his guys retired. It's one play. You, you ask Eric Bieniemy, what do you got? You got to have one, you got one play for us because the Eagles were exhausted. And the crazy thing about that drive into the game is that the commanders didn't have any timeouts. So they were doing this. They're driving down the field, no timeouts, finding ways. Sam Howell was awesome. I would. The one thing that I would have is just like how this experience is going to start coming more and more to the forefront of our lives, like your life and my life and like Tyler's life and Jake's life and Alex's life and downtown Mike Brown's life and your life, the person listening and watching this right now, where I have a three-team parlay last night in the National, among other bets, right? And my parlay is going to be closed out by the Colorado Avalanche. We're playing on the road at the Seattle Kraken. Now, I get into bed and, like, attempt to fall asleep last night. At the end of the first period, the Kraken are up one nothing on a goal by my guy, Yamamoto, scores, and the Kraken take a one nothing lead uh, against the Avalanche at the end of the first. And I fall asleep. And I wake up maybe around like 1.40, and I know because the first thing I did when I, when I woke up was look at my phone, see what time it is, and immediately go to NHL goals and to check my score app to see what the final score of the game was. And I saw that the Avalanche had come back to win the game 4-1, which meant I had won my parlay, put my phone down, and tried to go back to sleep. So we're officially in, like, that part of the calendar here. If you're on the East Coast especially, where, hey, like, you're betting West Coast games, you might not be able to stay up, and then you wake up in the middle of the night for whatever reason. You just wake up, you gotta, maybe there's a noise, you got to go to the bathroom, whatever it is. You got to wait till the morning to find out if you won your bet? Of course not. You're picking up the phone and you're checking. So I had yet another one of those last night, and the NBA starts next week. So, I mean, we are big time here now, Ken, in this season. In, like, middle of the night, check my phone to see if I won my bet season, and I absolutely love it. Jenks, if you could have one brand uh, sponsor you, what do you think that brand would be? What brand would sponsor me? I don't know. Some sort of bourbon or something, probably. That's that's what I'd go with. I don't know. I'd have to think about my favorite bourbon. You know, just throw it out like, oh, that's a good one too, Matt. I would either be sponsored by McDonald's because I love the McRib and I'm passionate about the McRib. Or maybe like Woodford or some sort of just solid bourbon. I don't know. I feel like that's right in my wheelhouse. A fast food sandwich from McDonald's or some booze. <laughs> I think that's perfectly in line. What about you? I'm not sure I was thinking about this. Because some... Now, back to BetMGM Tonight. Here are Nick Ashu, Trista Crick, and Ryan Horvath on the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. And we finally have a resolution to the stupid James Harden trade, although it feels like every six months we're talking about James Harden getting traded to a different team. He goes to the Clippers. We wake up early this morning. We see the breaking news. Woj tweeted it out at like 2 a.m. You're going, my God, does that guy ever sleep? Clearly he doesn't. I'll be honest with you guys. Overall, I kind of... 
I like the package the Clippers got back. I mean, considering where James Harden is at 34 years old and knowing that there was also no leverage for the Sixers because he wanted to get out, you get a pick swap, you get a, an unprotected first-round pick in 2028 from the from the Clippers, which actually could be really valuable because that team could be completely gutted at that point with everybody aged out, a bunch of you know defensive kind of role players, expiring contracts. I think that this, in the end, for Daryl Morey, it's not bad. It's not going to make the team better right now, but it gives him a chance this offseason to at least get into a spot where you can go star hunting, which apparently that's what he wants to do. Yeah, and maybe you can, I don't know, I said this earlier on one of my hits with, uh, I think, maybe Buffalo, is you look at it, and it kind of is like one of those magic eye uh, photos where you look at it and you squint real hard and it's the man with the hat yeah. and then you squint even more and it's the woman the old woman's chin do you know what I mean yeah. like that's yeah. how I feel about who won this trade you squint really hard and you're like wow Clippers get PJ Tucker wow they get James Harden mm-hmm. all they have to do is give up some swaps and one first round pick and then you're like mm, PJ Tucker's like doesn't really shoot that well and then you're like oh yeah. the Sixers get Nick Batum they get a three point shooter who can play some defense they get some other pieces I like they Covington get, yeah like Covington he for goes that. back to the Sixers yeah. that's where he started his career like maybe they think that they can package those guys for something of note they get off that PJ Tucker contract PJ Tucker was only there because of Harden and now you have 60 million dollars in cap space mm-hmm. so maybe like you said you can go star hunting or try to trade for OG and Anobi this year who knows yeah, I like it. I mean, I played some Clippers futures just kind of thinking that this was going to happen just because I don't think there was another market for James Harden. And that's why, I mean, getting anything in return, I feel like is a good deal for James Harden, right? Because I thought there was a chance that he was going to be playing in Shanghai this year. So thousand percent. Um, right. And I like him in this role. Again, I mean, now the problem is you have to worry about all these guys staying healthy. You have to worry about the chemistry actually working out. I could see this either being a disaster or I could see it working out. Right. I still don't. You know, like them more than Phoenix, but I really haven't seen Phoenix fully healthy. I mean, these guys haven't played. Are they going to play? Brad Beal, Devin Booker out again tonight, not going to play. So um, it's hard to get a good idea. I guess we'll have a better idea with the chemistry and what these fits look like once we get a little bit closer to Christmas and maybe the league cracks down a little bit more on load management. But I definitely like the Clippers a little bit more here on Tuesday, October 20 uh, or 31st, whatever the hell day it is, Halloween, <laughs> than I did yesterday. I'll say that. I like the Clippers yeah, a little bit more. It did. It's not like this changed anything near the top. The Clippers are 12 to 1 to win the title now over at MGM and the the uh the Sixers are nine to one to win the East and you yeah. drop them all the way down twenty eight to one to win the title and like the East is so top heavy the Celtics and Bucks are so far ahead in terms of the odds of everybody else and on the court I think they're so much farther ahead of everybody else in the Eastern Conference. We'll see the Cavs and Knicks playing in like ten minutes here and we'll get an idea of like that middle of the pack Eastern Conference kind of where those teams stand. But yeah look the Clippers on paper do have a lot of talent. The problem is this is talent that was much more talented five, six years ago when they were younger and they were healthier. Russell Westbrook's in a decent spot now, but he's not kind of the main guy. It's not a big four. We could call it a big he's three been, and a half. But he's like, been playing really well, though. I kind of feel bad for him. He's been starting. He's le- top three in the NBA in field goal percentage, shooting 65% for the Do you the think field. he'll benefit, though, coming off the bench I again? Don't. No. I actually think he's going to be very unhappy. And we know that him and Harden together just do not function yeah. well. They play yeah. together in Houston. When one had the ball, the other one just stood there. Yeah. So I don't think they can yeah. share the court together. We saw that in OKC when Harden was the one coming mm-hmm. off the bench mm-hmm. yeah. and Russ was the one starting. So I think the one guy that this really affects is probably Russ the most. Yeah, I agree. I feel bad for Russ in this Same. situation. Um They should have put Russ in that trade. The reason I think this could work out for Harden, again, everybody has to stay healthy. The fit has to be there. But it's his last stop. I mean, there's no other team that's going to be willing to take on James Harden, I don't think. Well, he's a free agent at the end of the season. He could Uh, sign like a You think LeBron's going to put up with that? Well, maybe. I mean... Remember, they bring on those, like... Miss like those like malcontents because they think that all the like LeBron's aura can yeah, like, right. put him in the shape. Which by the way, Christian Wood's been awesome. Yeah, so far. But let's see yeah. where we are three months it's from like, now. I, I three. feel like no. I feel yeah. like Christian Wood will be a good fit. And I think he also probably knows like man, I don't have many more many more options here. But um, like a guy like D. Ross, I don't know that he's ever going to change, and I don't know that like LeBron's ever going to put up with that. This it, it is safe to say though that this is this is kind of playing for his career if you're James Harden now. Granted, let's say he has a decent year. There are going to be teams that will want him for like a, a, a small contract, a short deal. like not Maybe not even veteran minimum, but you know what I mean? Like something yeah. where it's yeah. like you're going to come in, you're going to have a role as our number three, number four guy. If he can't understand where he is at this point in his career after this season, I think that's where you're talking about maybe him going and playing in China or going somewhere else, which you can make a lot of money playing in China. We've seen that yeah. Stephon Marbury is a god, and he was in a play about Stephon Marbury yeah. playing himself Stephon Marbury. So, like, 
there, there are other avenues to maybe go, but look, if you're looking at this Clippers team, it does, and it always does, with a lot of these teams that have injury issues, it comes down to guys staying healthy and get on the court. But what it does also help is that if and when, let's be honest, Kawhi Leonard misses some time, Paul George is maybe out there picking up the slack with a little James Harden, or James Harden with Paul George out, or both those guys out, and it's James Harden and Russell Westbrook. And, like, they have options to kind of mix and match these guys. I think the difficult part's going to be figuring out right away, like, okay, what are the rotations going to look like? Who's going to need to be on the court at the same time? Right. And that's where this team's going to struggle. It may be worth considering fading the Clippers a little bit early just because there may be some ups and downs with all these guys trying to figure out what their roles are. Yeah, I agree. Really quickly about the Sixers, I think that they are, you know, obviously you have the Bucks and the Celtics, but right below them, I think, in a tier of their own, and I was not very high on this offseason, I was not very high on this team, Right below them, I think, is the Sixers. They competed mm-hmm. like hell with the Bucks. It was a very good game. They continue to win. Tyrese Maxey, player of the week, averaging like 30 points per game. Now he's the leader in the clubhouse for most improved player. Embiid, we thought maybe he'd sit out, and he didn't. He put yeah. up 35. Like They've got dudes. And Tobias Harris, out of nowhere, with a new role, whatever Nick Nurse is telling him he should do, he is now thriving. He's been awesome. Yeah, that's a team where I mean, like, I mean, they needed a they needed a new coach, obviously, and yeah. uh, you knew Nick Nurse was going to be an upgrade. I just mm-hmm. I worried what it was going to look like just with this James Harden situation, with maybe Embiid wanting to get moved. But I could see them finishing still a top three seed in the East. I mean, because who do you like in the East other than Boston and Milwaukee, Cleveland? No. New York, no. a little they're bit. All, they're they're second tier by yeah. by like a big gap. And then the up and coming teams are like Orlando and who. You know, when you think about it in the or in the East, who do you who do you actually trust? I mean, I don't really know. Wizards, yet. right? Wizards, no, no, <laughs> not not after last night. Never again. Maybe the Pacers are kind of that up and coming team. Yeah, that I like you'd the like, Pacers but, a lot. But yeah, none of those are going to put on the level of where those two those two teams no. are. Yeah, I think it's Milwaukee, Boston. Then that's tier one, tier two, all by themselves. Philly, tier three, Cleveland, New York. Uh, that's kind of it, right? Like. Maybe Miami. Yeah, I feel like you could still squeeze Miami in there. We'll see and how they are through the tier. course of yeah, the Miami. season. I, they yeah. just played in the finals. I didn't even throw them in there. Yep, Miami. Nice <laughs> because they surprised got, everybody. <laughs> and then Tier 4, maybe you've got, like, the Pacers, the Magic, the the Hawks. Yeah, I mean, they're bad. Would you put? Would you guys put the Pistons there at all yet? Are we? Is it not too, yet? Like not, they're a young team. I feel like they could be that kind of scrappy team this year. That they, yeah, they, they're a nice, they're a nice team to sit there and take the cover late, like on a Tuesday night, kind of like we look at the Magic. I feel like you'd put the Magic and the Pistons in a similar spot. Oh yeah, same thing with the Nets are like that fifth tier, I guess. Yeah, I forgot about them. Bulls obviously all the way to the bottom with the Raptors. God, they're but, bad. <laughs> but yeah, the Pistons at two and two. I think the thing that's interesting about them is they're just playing some defense. Uh, mm. Oscar Thompson looks like he could be, he can make not just the all rookie team for defense. He can make the all defense team as a rookie. He's leading the uh, leading all rookies in steals, leading all rookies in rebounds. So he can't shoot a lick, but he's really good at everything else. All right. So if we looked at kind of the tiers for the East at this point after this trade. I feel like the West is harder to tear out a little totally. bit because it's not just like two teams at the very top. You got the Nuggets at four and zero. You got the Mavs at three and zero right now. Yeah, because of Luca. Luca. Forty points per game. We'll do that. Let's go, Luca. But I wouldn't put the Mavericks up there. I mean, listen. Maybe two months from now, we feel differently about this team. I don't. I just don't have confidence in them, given what we saw at the end of last year. But the Nuggets are at the very top as a championship contender. The Suns go at the very top as a championship contender. I I really still like this Lakers team. I'm not going to sit here and judge too much at a two and two way to you know more a two than and the two Clippers. Do you guys off. like the Lakers more than the Clippers? Though? Yes, you I do? do. Okay, yes. yes. I don't know that I do. They were in the Western Conference Finals, so I have to see. But yeah, but like Kawhi didn't play in the playoffs. But when was the last time we saw Kawhi? Three years ago. Yeah, and when was the last time we saw Paul George in the playoffs? Two years ago, three years ago, Three my years. first year here. Remember, he had he had COVID, and they missed the playoffs altogether. Yeah, they missed the play. They like lost in the play-in. Yeah, to the Pelicans, and then the Pelicans ended up uh, playing in the first round against the Suns. That was like two two playoffs ago. If fully healthy, though, I yeah. like the Timberwolves more than the Lakers or the Kings. Or the Lakers or the Clippers. Really? Yeah, I think they've got higher upside. I don't like these LA teams as much. What about the Pelicans? Because we know what they look like when they're fully healthy. They were the one seed in the West for a while last year. 
Yeah, if they have uh, if they have Zion playing as well as he is right now, I think you kind of have to put him in the top right. six at least. Thunder are going to be like a top a top six team, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 was my favorite team coming in this the West yep. in terms of a team making a jump, and they're they're really they're, good. And Shake Gildress Alexander is an absolute monster, like future yep. league MVP. Yeah, and the Warriors with Chris Paul coming off the bench. And, you know, they're literally maybe down two points when Steph goes to the bench and he can just watch them actually create a lead, which he's mm-hmm. never had in his entire career. <laughs> yeah. I think the Warriors are really scary right now as long as Chris Paul is healthy. Yeah. Trace Jackson Davis looks like he's a steal. There was this crazy stat line that he had in like 13 minutes of time, and the only other players were like these historic legends that played 30 points or more in their very first game. Mm-hmm. And he only played, what, 13, 14 minutes? I love him though. Like, he's really good. The only knock was he's not a three, he's not a four. He's like, but it's positionless. I think in the regular season at least. And I mean, I just you look at his numbers every single night. He's a walking double double in college at least. So I'm glad to see him uh, looking pretty good. The two teams I love the most: the Thunder and the Pelicans. I I'm mm-hmm. actually kind of surprised what Chet's look like. I yeah. mean, because he's so frail out there, but he's tough, man. He is, and uh, he gets physical out there. And then with the Pelicans, I mean, it's the bony I, elbows, I saw this, man. Guys I, are scared of the bony elbows. I predicted and saw this coming for our guys, Zion. He's going to stay healthy this season. We'll he, see. He looks really good right now. He looks motivated. But the Nuggets do look like they're in a tier of their own. Right. They just have so many guys. They're I mean, they really do. Off. Yeah. I don't. I don't even think honestly. I would put the Suns up there with the Nuggets because we just haven't seen. Well, hell, we haven't seen Bradley Beal play a game yet for this team. That's wild. And this is. Look, the NBA can say all they want. We're going to have stars, so get ready for these last minute, oh my God, I got to sit here and, uh, you know, change my whole outlook on this game because I thought Bradley Beal was going to play and now he's not. It's still happening in the NBA. When was the last time Bradley Beal played in an NBA regular season game? Mm, Oh, my gosh. Probably around this time last year. Uh, Seriously, though. Like November, December. He sat out a lot for Washington last year. I feel. Let me see. Uh, Good God, I don't know. It's been a while. His last game was March 21st of last year, last season. Yeah. At, at the Magic. Inactives. Yep, at Magic. They lost by by 10 to and, the Magic. And he said, "That's I've had about enough. Like, when did he – dumb question. When did he hurt his back? I guess he tightened up in the preseason. Okay. And they've decided to just – and listen, backs. I, I I get it. My back. My like back. he's not. Let's be honest. Like they're not there to win sixty games in the regular and season. That's, that's they've done that song happen. and dance, and then they've got bounced in the finals. But they do have to get him out there, obviously, like to uh, build some chemistry and figure out these rotations. When you got an older team that has championship aspirations with guys that do have a little bit of an injury history, you still have to approach it this way. And look, people can say what they want about, well, the studies have been done and it said that load management doesn't work. Well, there is such thing as making sure guys don't that have a sore, have a back that's tighter don't make an injury worse. There is science behind that. So I understand kind of both sides of this whole thing, but the reality of this is you're going to have teams like the Clippers, you're going to have teams like the Suns, and you're probably going to have teams like the Lakers where in the regular season they're not going to be at full strength for a majority of the year. We haven't seen that once Jamal Murray came back for the Nuggets. This is a team that has guys that play a lot during the regular season. I don't know how motivated they are to be the number one seed again in the Western Conference, and if that matters to them or whatever, maybe that is the case. But there's a difference between the way the Nuggets approach things. I think the Warriors are another team that's going to have guys in and out. They're older. you got to look at the younger teams that you can say, okay, I maybe trust their win total here because I know they're going to have guys out there throughout the regular season versus the Suns and some of those teams that I mentioned because this will be a battle throughout the year where guys are in and out of the lineup for them. How do we play Harden props? I like the assists over. I think the assists yep. is the way to go, yeah. He's still a game-time decision tonight. They haven't even, like... Well, he's not playing tonight. He's a game-time decision, though. I, they, I, they haven't I ruled him out. Only there's, there's uh, no Terrence Mann's been ruled out. He's not out. playing. God, Josh Primo's been he's ruled out. He's supposed to be on the bench, apparently, but he's not going to play. No way. Yeah, I don't think he's going to either. I mean, he just got there. How but, could uh, he? Right, right, exactly. Just but they, roll they, the ball they, they out. Do, Let's go. But he is, but he is still yeah. labeled the game-time decision. He's not officially that. ruled out yet. Now, I'll go over on the assist. But with the NBA, I feel like, I mean, instead of adding the midseason tournament, and I get it's part of the 82-game schedule, I think they just need to eliminate some of these games. I've always been an 82-game guy. I like tradition, but... That's never how you gonna crack happen, down though. on load management. It's never going to happen. You oh, can, you'll never the revenue. And, yeah. yeah, I get it. It's all money. money. And you but may be right on that. It'd be a better product, and then when we get to the playoffs, these guys, I think, would be healthier. So maybe expand, the, the expand the playoffs? Is that what you're saying? Hey, I'm fine with that. I'll take more meaningful basketball. Might be a, might be a compromise. Like, there, look at college. They play like 32, 34 games. Boom.
perfect. It, w- it wasn't just the Sixers that were involved in a trade. There was also the NFL side of things. NFL trade deadline changed some teams' outlooks moving forward. We'll look at that next. It's BetMGM tonight. We'll be right back in just a few. Head over to BetMGM to place a better three. This is BetMGM Tonight, presented by BetMGM. Live from Bet. How much of like marketing and brand management is about awareness? I'm not sure if I have it. Like, I feel like I am so different in so many regards. Like, maybe like a healthy smoothie place. I don't know. Uh, smoothie King. I do. I wear a lot of Lululemon, but like, I don't think I'm like cool enough to maybe represent them. But the reason I bring this up is because mm-hmm. it feels like we have the perfect partnership in the NFL between Kirk Cousins and Coles. Has there ever been a better brand deal with somebody who is extremely self-aware that he dresses like a dad? Have you seen some of these fits sponsored by Kohl's? Like they look right up his alley. And I tip my hat to him. (laughs) I actually have not seen these. This does not shock me at all. It's actually perfect. Perfect guy. I will give Kirk Cousins credit enough. You know, you you mentioned it, which is at least he's self-aware enough to know. You know, that's the worst when people just have no self-awareness at all and they'll dress a certain way or they'll act a certain way and they just don't see why what they're doing or what they're wearing is ridiculous. But I think this is chef's kiss. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app. talking to a couple folks about this and I think Drake may even with the loss Drake may look better in that loss than Caleb looked in his his loss and I, the big thing for me when I'm watching these games and and and, and I, I'm looking for advancement right I'm looking for development um and I just I, I don't see him getting better I see him doing a lot of the same things and now that teams have a beat on it they're making him make mistakes and now that he's making mistakes there's frustration and you can see it on the sidelines and that's the whole deal so when i look at him i think may has an opportunity to push but i also think Penix, a guy who i said should be the front runner for the heisman Penix has an opportunity to push as well and so with caleb williams we also have to go to the nfl right and so you got to look at what lincoln riley's done and he's had kyler murray i'm not giving him jalen hurts I am going to, I'm going to leave Jalen Hurts at Alabama. I am. I'm going to leave him at Alabama simply because there's no other Oklahoma quarterbacks that are squatting 700 pounds. That's Bama built. So I'm going to go with that. Mm -hmm. Um, But Baker Mayfield also as a top pick and both of those guys, one's been around the league. He's already been around the block in Baker. And then the other one, his own team does not want him to play in Kyler Murray. So I think kind of the shines come off the apple with Lincoln Riley and you watch him, how frustrated he's been getting over the course of these games and not being able to get stuff done. I just don't, when I watch Caleb Williams play, a lot of it is out of phase. A lot of it is out of the structure of an offense. And to be in the NFL, you've got to play within the offensive structure. Drake May plays within the structure of that offense. Do I love that offense? Not exactly, but he still plays within the structure of an offense. It's not all improv. And so I think that's the difference here. And yeah, there's going to be somebody, you know, whether it's like the Colts with Anthony Richardson that are going to take a gamble on someone that's willing to play that that makes their best plays without with it outside of the structure of the offense. But I think Drake May is now becoming more of a Drake May and Michael Pinks are becoming more. Um, they're bubbling up from everyone I talked to from an NFL standpoint because they play within the structure and they find ways to make plays. They know when guys are supposed to be open. They understand where the plays are made instead of everything else. They they can use the auxiliary, but at the end of the day, what we're seeing are, is teams want guys that can still play within the structure.
baseball is winning on the BetQL Network with Bet for the Cycle featuring Cody Decker. Cody Decker, former professional baseball player, turned professional smartass on the radio. And handicapper Rob Brown. Couldn't hit a baseball off a high school pitcher. That's why I played soccer. Double plays, props, and parlays. Not only Blue Jays' run line here, Cody, I might tease it up to an alternate run line of minus two and a half. Join the chaos every Saturday from noon to four Eastern. Can you explain to me how these are the same odds? Can someone please explain to me how these are the same odds? <laughs> exactly what I was I've looked say. at this over and over and over again. On your home for wagertainment, the BetQL Network, presented by BetMGM. Now I'd say, I'm sorry. It's, it's early. It's fine. I said that right when RJ Barrett took a shot. I was so, gonna say you um, say that, and RJ Barrett. Uh, it's already it's already my fault. I'm I'm trying to learn how to mush. Trist is so good at it. Yeah, he did. Nice. We need him. So we need a bunch of RJ. NFL trade deadline was actually kind of wild. It had more than I think we we expected. It, it, there was so much talk about teams, whether they were going to be buyers, going to be sellers. You kind of felt like there was going to be a little bit of a letdown there. Now, we did have moves before the deadline, like the J.C. Jackson trade and, you know, Chase Claypool and Van Jefferson. Like, those trades happened, you know, weeks before. But to see Chase Young and Montez Sweat go, I wasn't surprised in Washington. Leonard Williams goes to Seattle yesterday. Kevin Byard a little bit before. And Joshua Dobbs getting traded today to Minnesota. Yeah. Donovan Peoples-Jones. Rasul Douglas. Rasul Douglas. That was a big one that kind of came out of nowhere. And then the Donovan Peoples-Jones trade to Detroit. I mean, I'm looking at that going... They're adding another weapon to that offense. That, to me, was one of the biggest trades of the entire deadline day. Just just today. Not everything else, but everything that happened today. Yeah. Detroit adding another weapon at wide receiver. With that offense already, oh, yeah, they are I, all in. I love seeing it. I think that means Jamison Williams might be the odd man out as far as, like, props, yeah. fantasy. Maybe, like, they like him, but he's not ready. He's they don't not, love him. Yeah, he's not, like, ready for that offense quite yet. The Ben Johnson offense. They're still going to use him, but I think that he's not coming along as fast as quickly as they thought so I think Peoples Jones might steal some of those targets some of those snaps Um, my takeaway with the 49ers Chase Young's never going to be a double digit sack guy but man Mm -hmm. I mean now when you have to game plan already for Nick Bosa on the opposite side you get two Ohio State pass rushers Um, that's going to be really fun they win at the deadline I don't know how they continue to do it last year it's Christian McCaffrey they just keep adding 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 John Lynch um, continues to get it done, which is why I think the salary cap is a little bit of a joke. Uh, the Vikings trading for Dobbs, that's cool. Um, good for him. Maybe they, they could win a couple something. more games. I still think the Lions win the NFC North. The Bills picking up Rasul Douglas, I think, is probably like the sneaky, underrated move at the deadline because they lose Trey White, their best cover corner. Rasul Douglas, I really like. He holds a little bit too much, but you could play him like in that more physical slot role. You could play him on the outside, and you could match him up really well against opposing tight ends. He's really good at that, and he's a guy that actually wants to win. After that last game, he was in the locker room while Jair was given one-word answers. He's given up on the team, and Rasul Douglas was in tears, sitting there in his pad, uh, pads and helmet because he still wants to win. And uh, what the hell are the Bears doing? Adding, I guess. <laughs> getting... like, are they going to pay him? Are they going to extend him? Because that's an expiring deal. Are they thinking that, hey, the NFC North's a dumpster fire? Maybe we could win next year. We got more cap space than anybody, over 100 mil. We bring in sweat. We get that deal done. We start mm-hmm. building from this defense. I don't know. Uh, that one kind of surprised me a little bit. I thought he'd go to a contending team, but good for them. You, that that If you're the Bears, you're doing that because you've either talked to his agent, you have some level of confidence, or you're just willing to offer an overpay to keep Montez sweat. That, yeah. That's the only way that that trade works out. Because that second-round pick that Washington got from Chicago is going to be a pretty good second-round pick. Yeah, it really They is. may have three picks in the top 43 now. Like, where it stands right now, that would be the 43rd pick in the draft. So, that when, when you see teams, if you're going to rebuild, if you're going to gut something, you got to go all in. You've got to be able to make those sacrifices and say, this guy's going to be done at the end of the year. Does paying the big money for this pass rusher, this corner, this receiver, make sense now when we're three, four years maybe away? Or can we even shorten that timeline by getting some younger players? But, like, you can have all the draft picks you want. If you don't have front office people that can identify that talent in the draft, it doesn't matter. No, and I'm a little bit stunned that Chicago thinks they're closer than they are and yeah. they want to add to their defense. And I get you want to get better defensively because you've been terrible for a few years now and maybe take some pressure off of your quarterback, mm-hmm. whoever that ends up being, whether yeah. that's Justin Fields or maybe you get somebody in the draft. But like you can't just allow your defense to get cooked and then you're, you know, give up easy touchdowns. I just wasn't expecting that. Their corner just requested a trade. They don't move him, and then they add Montez Sweat. 
maybe to make the you know the rest of the defense feel like they're uh, behind them. It was very strange. Yeah, I mean they're two and six. Maybe they look at it like, hey, in the NFC North, maybe we get hot, we get Justin Fields back here, and we could get into the playoffs mm-hmm. with like a seven eight win season. I don't think that's what they're thinking. It's just like right now, like you said, they're not getting any pass rush and sweat through eight games has six and a half sacks. I believe like thirty five and a half the first five seasons. And they could probably get... I want to see what they have to pay him, though. And giving up a second-round pick, I mean, that's a pretty damn good pick for a yeah, young it team. Is. Yeah, but I mean, they do have the cap money, so I guess it makes sense. And he's only, what, 27 years old? So, yeah, they're getting somebody. They already know what he's done on the field versus another draft pick that maybe pans out, maybe doesn't. And when you're when you're a young team that's kind of been rebuilding for how how long have the Bears been rebuilding? It feels uh, like 1986. 1986 yeah. is what it feels like. No, 2012. So there's a, there's a, yeah there's a certain point where you say we can't build everything through the draft. You've got the cap space. Let's go get a veteran that we know he can produce at an NFL level. We've seen that he's one of the better pass rushers in the NFL. We'll give up this second round pick and then just be willing. Again, it may be an overpay. You talk about the cap space. That's how you do it. You're like I know maybe you don't want to be here. Yeah. But how's an extra 10 million sound really there, Montez? Quick, you know what I when I think about it, though, I think what the Bears are doing is smart, right? They have all that money to spend, and maybe Justin Fields is not the guy. He's most likely not the guy. And you finish with two, three, four wins. You could get your quarterback, and you could win before you have to pay your quarterback. Like, maybe you get a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. Maybe you get J.J. McCarthy. I don't know who it ends up being. But you could get your rookie quarterback, or you have Justin Fields. You figure out what you're doing, and then you have your skill position players, right? Like, Mooney's a true number two. Cole Komet, you just extended, and you're giving him all that money next year. That's when that cap, uh, the money really kicks in and you still have DJ Moore so it makes sense if you build that defense if you build that offensive line because the offensive lines actually improved every week week one week two it was a mess mm-hmm. now they're trending in the right direction uh, Darnell Wright's been pretty good when he's been healthy out there so maybe they're just looking at the, the division like hey Kirk Cousins is not coming back to Minnesota um, he's not going to be healthy next year most likely Packers are farther off further off than we thought because Jordan Love doesn't look very good and that defense with all those first round picks like they're selling pieces off and then the Lions are a fun story this year, but what if Ben Johnson leaves? Is Jared Goff still Jared Goff without right. Ben Johnson? You know, um, so maybe what they're doing is smart because they got a lot of money, man. I was having this debate earlier. You talked about Ben Johnson leaving, yeah. and this is just a random hypothetical, but I was talking about it, so I wanted to get you guys' opinion. Who do you think would be a better coach for the L.A. Chargers, Lou Anarumo or Ben Johnson? Does Kellen Moore stay with the Chargers if he doesn't get the head coaching? Or do you think, like, I don't know that Lou comes over and Kellen Moore gets to keep his job. Yeah. So I'll go with... Yeah. I just really you know love what? what Ben Johnson's done. I'll say Lou Anarumo you because really? the Chargers need to fix the defense. They spent all the money to fix the defense. It didn't work out. And the defense has actually weirdly got worse every year since Anthony Lynn's been gone. Yeah. And I don't think there's an issue with the offense. The issue with the offense is they're never healthy. Mike Williams and Keenan Allen are never on the field at the same time. And they got to kind of, like, figure out what they're doing with – because um, Eckler's probably not back next year, I would assume, right? I Probably not. Don't. The offensive line's fine. Quentin Johnston, I, you would hope, is a little bit better next year, even the second half of this year. So I don't think the offense is the issue. You know what I mean? Like, you could get another OC. You could get that young mind, like the next Ben Johnson. You could hire him maybe a year too early to be your OC. Whereas even from the college game, there's a couple guys. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas they have to fix that defense because the defense is the issue. Like last year, man, they were gifted four turnovers in a playoff game from Trevor Lawrence making his first start, and they still couldn't close the door because they couldn't get stops in the second half of that game. So I think Lou Anarumo. I'd might honestly be the move. see it's funny. I'd go the other way mainly because you've tried the defensive coach and yeah. it's not working. And I know they're two different coaches, two different philosophies. It can be different, but when you've got a franchise quarterback. You need an offensive-minded head coach first in the NFL. We've just seen it. Other than what's going on right now in Houston, when I mean, D'Amico Ryans is really kind of, I, I would say, not only exceeding expectations, but kind of bucking the trend of, really, it's only offensive-minded head coaches nowadays that have success. Ben Johnson and what he's been able to do with Jared Goff and the rest of that offense in Detroit, I think is a perfect fit. When you can find good, young, uh, smart defensive coaches that are out there to be a new defensive coordinator. And I, I mean, again, at, at that point, Kellen Moore is not going to stay if you hire really probably anybody else as a head coach. So you're going to lose even that continuity and have another offense again. I would go Ben Johnson, and I would look for a defensive coordinator that's out there. Yeah. Just because I, I don't want to waste what you've got with Justin Herbert. It's, I think oh, – I'm sorry, go on. I was just going to say it's such an interesting question because yeah. that was the exact conversation that we had. What you guys just said – so. 
I mean, you have, uh, you know, you have Brandon Staley, who is this defensive mind. Like, will the ownership buy into another defensive coach? Like, Lou Anarumo has proven that he is that guy. He can fix defensive mm-hmm. problems. He can make the, the Bengals, who, who, let's be honest, like, they have some real deficiencies, and he's found a way to make it work. It's a fascinating uh, hypothetical. Though. It really is. You would think, like, Ben Johnson would want to be paired with, like, the quarterback of the future, like, maybe a rookie. But then you look at the NFL draft, and I know it's only week eight, so it's hard. But, I mean, the way that it would stack up right now would be Arizona number one, mm-hmm. Chicago number two. And Arizona's not going to be hiring a new head coach. Chicago might, though. Think, like, if you're Ben Johnson, I would want to go to the Bears. Eberflus, you could easily get rid of him. You could oh, can yeah. everybody uh, by Luke Getze. And then Ben Johnson takes over full play calling, gets to choose his defensive coordinator, and he gets to draft Drake May, Caleb Williams, whoever his flavor is, and then that's his quarterback for the next 10 years or so. Or, you know, I mean, Chicago would have the second or third pick even. That'd be the sexiest job. And I don't think they're attached to Eberflus. And they have all that money, and now they're starting to spend on defense. Maybe that's what the Bears are thinking. Hey, we could steal Ben Johnson from the division. Or you have the Giants at four. They're not going to hire a head coach. No. Um, New England's not hiring a head coach. No. Green Bay might be, but I don't they're think so. They'd be picking, head coach. They would be picking six right now. That's where Tinkathon has them. Indianapolis, not hiring a head coach. Maybe Vegas at eight. I don't think that situation's getting any no. better after what we saw last night. Jimmy Garoppolo is bad. I think that's it for McDaniels. It has to be. Right. Like, you have to have seen enough at this so, point to go, this this ain't working. Maybe so, if you're Ben Johnson, you want Vegas, too. The right. Raiders would be a really interesting and job. So that's what I'm thinking. As long like as Garoppolo's not starting. <laughs> if there's a market like Ben Johnson to be the head coach of this team, I would go, like, Vegas, Chicago. Yeah, because other than that, man, like, Denver, the Rams. I don't think McVay is going anywhere. Washington, maybe, at 11. I, I do think Riverboat Ron's out after Oh, he's year. got – no, he, this is – these are these group. are handpicked guys that were traded by ownership specifically. That is a sign right there that this is it. I think Rivera stays to the end of the year, but I mean, if they fired him, I wouldn't be surprised. Washington's going to have a whole new front office. They've already hired a new a head of analytics because they had nobody dealing with any analytics there. They've finally caught up to like the basics of the modern NFL. Yeah. They will be a, probably a pretty enticing job, too, but it really just depends on whether you think, like, one, if they want to try to give Sam Howell another year, or if you're a head coaching candidate and you think you can get even more out of Sam Howell, or, you know, does Eric Bieniemy get the head coaching job? I, I don't, it, it really depends on kind of where all this goes the rest of the year. I'll say one thing about the Chicago job, though. It kind of feels like a Jim Harbaugh spot. Ooh. That, there's rumors that he's he's got at least a former bear, Jim Harbaugh. Looking out of the corner of his eye thinking, you know, just maybe, because he ain't coming back to college. No. There's no way. No. This thing's done. Dan Favali on uh, what the James Harden trade means for everyone involved. It's Ben MGM tonight.